Good evening, Skylab. Levels, levels. Yeah, we're fine. Um, good morning, Kim. How's it going? <laughs> good evening. Uh, it's actually. I was like, you know, I've been asked this question this morning, and now my response was like, it's eighty-five percent great and fifteen percent annoying. Fair. And yeah, fifteen percent is just like I'm have. I'm still having my dermatitis uh, outbreak, flare up. I think flare up, that's the term you use for chronic conditions. So that one is incredibly annoying. And right now I'm happy that we're not have we're not doing video podcast, video thing. Because I'm sitting here covered in white medicinal cream and I look like some kind of deranged <laughs> leopard or something. So Fair. nightmare stuff. Nightmare fuel. <clears throat> and that's the annoying fifteen percent. But other than that, everything's good. Yeah, everything is good. January being January, a bit like on the slower side, but that's um, that's to be expected. What about yourself? How was your first week back to uni? Yeah, we talked last Sunday, and um, that was the day before the first day of the new semester, and now it's Saturday, mm -hmm. the day after mm -hmm. the last day of the first week of the new semester. Um, oh my and god, that's this a is complicated the thing. way to say that you've been through one week of studying yeah fair uh but this is the thing is first of all my schedule works out that i don't have any classes on fridays which is fun i hate you uh well it's just i i didn't expect, i hate you i didn't expect it to like i'm gonna have to get used to this because like it's a real it's a good thing it is a good thing but it's just like i need to make sure i don't end up treating fridays like a de facto weekend right because then There's I've lost... nothing wrong with that. No, because then I've lost one-fifth of the usefulness of the work week, right? But and it's not like... I'm, I'm, not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to, like, push myself as hard as I do on other days, on Fridays. But Friday has a really good opportunity for me to, like, use the time, not have to worry about classes, catch up on things that I couldn't do earlier in the week. Whereas weekends, for me, I purposefully don't push myself into well, working yeah. on stuff on the weekend and i don't want to do that necessarily on fridays as much but yeah that's yeah just remember that usefulness productivity all that stuff can be overrated well yeah that's true but um but anyway no it's this is the thing is with any new semester the first week of the new semester feels like a month or mm -hmm. a year right it it, it mm -hmm. takes it takes a long time because so many new things are happening um yeah the intensity yeah and and then also like i'm trying to get back into the swing of of work and it's easier for me to work like this in this environment than it was at home um mm -hmm. and i've got you know work things that i'm working towards and that i need to get going on um and so it was a really good week though uh there's one class i'm one class i'm taking that's a, a literature class and the professor describes it as the disney class because we're reading old fairy tales and yeah i remember i remember seeing you talking about it somewhere yeah so we're reading old fairy tales and we're gonna watch some disney movies and so we're talking about like are you going to compare the level of censorship and modernization. No? Well, maybe. Because I hope that's what your professor does because you know, 
It is incredible how sanitized the modern fairy tale versions are, like the modern retellings, because yeah. like Cinderella is gruesome. The original version, yeah. like, like the, and and uh, well, don't get me started on the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Well, the that that tale takes a dark, not just one but several dark turns. So I I hope. Well, I mean. Chances of that are not too high, probably. I don't know. You know your education system better. Like, how acceptable would that be? But if you look, it would be, I think, a nice, interesting exercise to see and debate, like the evolution of what is a fairy tale, what is the um, intended audience, because yeah. originally they were not written for children at all. Yeah, no. Or they and, were written for children, but like for the for the purpose of like scaring them into obedience, and not necessarily just like you know yeah. f- happy, warm, fuzzy entertainment. So we've done a little bit of read of of reading already with like just introductory stuff to this, and that definitely mm-hmm. did come up. Right. Firstly, there's there's a way of, and I forgot exactly what it is, but like there's a way that experts classify the story structures of different types of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, so you say the original version, um, the, mm-hmm. what, the, what I got was there's a million original versions. And yeah, I mean, I if you go back like far enough, versions, yeah, basically. There, yeah, any, any like first written down or stuff like yeah. that, because all of them come from oral tradition. Yes. Um, and so like, yeah, this, this came up in the reading is like, usually we, we attribute the old versions of the fairy tales to like the editors or something or just whoever seen whoever happened to write it down um all of the ones that disney used Mm -hmm. were like existed for a long time and they just came across it and they used it because it was in the the creative commons um which is which is fun sorry they used it because of what creative commons which is like the fancy way of saying it's not copyright oh public domain you mean yeah that um i think that's better like because creative commons yeah i know like that's i think that's the terminology we keep use but i think the more um widespread term is public domain yeah. for example sherlock holmes stories are now in public domain actually and and so, yeah um a lot of a lot of classics like star wars and i think harry potter would be in public domain if people didn't stop messing with the copyright law but we're not going to talk about that uh, no oh no uh, i think those like um star wars i don't like and none of though both of those i think like there is quite a lot of things tied to like whether the author is still alive or not but again i have to i have to say i'm not qualified enough i know Neither like there's some yeah. out yeah, yeah. Like I know of the outstanding um, like curiosities, such as Emily Dickinson's poems, or um, you know Sherlock Holmes stories. But um, generally, <clears throat> well, it's complicated. Yeah, because yeah. it's law. But um, it's American law. But the yeah, it was what what came up already was there's a million original versions of all these things, um, and they definitely weren't. A lot of them definitely weren't originally for children. Right. Um, a lot of them were more gruesome, and Disney made, maybe not necessarily on purpose, but Disney made these things more sanitized. Is the term you would use, um, or 
just more, I don't know, family friendly or something, and it eventually became that. Well, I think it's like like Scarlet here. I I'm sure it was definitely on purpose, and I think they were not even the first ones to do that because fair. Well, um, the whatever was published in 20th century was published was edited through the modern lens and like yeah. nobody's like you know what kind of modern parent would read a fairy tale where Cinderella's stepmother gets killed and before and before getting killed uh, she forces her daughters to cut off pieces of their feet so they so that they can squeeze into those that glass um shoe yeah. That's nightmare fuel. That's that's graphic. <clears throat> mhm. And that's that's one of the versions. Yeah. No, uh, I definitely Or heard that, um yeah. or for example all the rape connotations uh in S- Snow White or Sleeping Beauty. Like no. Which are which which in 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 the versions that I grew up watching those are very well hidden, right? That or I just Yeah, like, kids and don't they're pick it up, hidden but. in the they're very well, like, you know, glossed over in the published versions that Disney picked it up. So, butlerization and censorship, like, you know, like, basically sugarcoating all this or, like, making it palatable for modern sensibilities, that began well before Disney. Uh, but they just, like, kind of added even more. But anyways, yeah. uh, interesting class you're taking. I'm glad that you're taking literature because, like, I'm very happy that you are not yeah. falling into the quite a common trap of like oh i'm an engineer i'm going to study only hard science and everything else okay. doesn't matter okay uh, to be to be totally honest because my time is limited i'm taking this class because it's a required like there's a list of required english courses that you have to take and you can choose between good. them and like good. yes i i agree this is a good thing um, a lot of engineering students are annoyed by it but like this is the gen eds and so you could choose between certain like i could have taken a mythology class which I really, I wanted to, but I had to decide. I took a a lower level literature course before this as another requirement that was very old texts. Like we read um, Chaucer. Well, actually, we started all the way back in ancient Greece with Nicomachean Ethics, and I think we talked about yeah, this on the podcast that. when I was yes, when I was did, doing we this. Did. But and then we we and went through and we did like Dickinson and Chaucer and um, all these old. Sorry, ones. sorry, not Dick. Dick. You're mentioning Dickinson and Chaucer in one breath. They lived centuries apart. I'm oh, sure I, you. I I'm aware. Emily I'm just Di- going through the parts that okay. I remember. But um... yeah, because Emily Dickinson is like what, like nineteenth century? Probably eighteenth. God, I mean, it's it's. Um, I'm I I mean, confession. I'm very bad with dates, and especially like American poetry. I know it. I don't know it well at all. That's one thing that I didn't study. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what one thing that struck out to me, it's like, we're talking about oral history, right? And if for mm-hmm. those of us who have watched a very certain CGP Grey video about basically what happens when you deal with oral history is these stories, they start from a very innocent place of like something that may not have actually happened. And then they get told through time and everything every time they're told another detail is added which makes it more not real and also more of a good story and it it 
evolves into eventually what we know now as fairy tales, or in the case of GGP Grey, it evolves into the story of a guy who put barrels on his boat and circled Staten Island, right, in order to claim it for New York, right? Um, it's a it's an old meme, basically, um, and mm-hmm. that's something that struck out to me, um, but but yeah, so I I am looking forward to this class. If anything, it's going to be less. No offense to the professor that taught the last literature class I took, but it's going to be less boring than that one. Um, at least I hope so, because it's fairy tales and stuff. That's an interesting course, and definitely will, um, you know, add up, well, add some diff- like variety to what you're studying, because, well, you're taking physics again, and, uh, oh god, I remember my physics courses back in uni, I had to take it for three semesters, and I really, really, really did not like it. Yeah, fair. And it was mandatory. Um, but like physics is one thing, but then I had like the electricity related subject that it was like it was called at the time electrical technology. I think that's how we would translate it. And that one was just like circuits. Absolute. Yeah, circuits and stuff. Exactly. And that was awful 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 mostly and that was combination because like a i don't like electricity that's one section of physics that i always struggled with starting from school time and secondly the the professor was not good fair very much not good so yeah i'm very happy that i have graduated at all to be honest sometimes when i look back yeah um no i'm 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 retaking a course which on its own is it's it's a little humbling to have to say that I'm retaking a course. Um yeah, but happens to everyone. Say Lavi. Um but it's it's weird cuz I you know I'm paying attention in class just like I've heard all this stuff before. And like I'm going to I'm going to go through this class the same way I went through the last class just pick it up. And um you know, I'm trying not maybe not to push myself as hard this semester as I did last semester, not to say that I'm doing less but that I'm going to figure out exactly what I need to do in order to, I don't know, um, get the best result without pushing myself towards burnout. Because Mm -hmm. I was very much burned out at the end of last semester. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's an idea that I need to probably flesh out a little bit better. Um, But another weird thing that happened this week. um, Mm -hmm. Most of my so all of my classes because they're either Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. I have them twice every week. Um, but that yeah. this English class that I was talking about, I only had it once this week because I woke up to I woke up woke up Thursday morning, looked mm-hmm. at the weather, and it was raining, like a lot. Okay. I looked at carrot weather, and it was it was um. I saw you know these these weather warnings that pop up that are mm-hmm. issued by the National Weather Service, yeah. which is yes. all this stuff, and it was wind advisory and tornado watch. Oh, tornado watch on its own doesn't scare me, right? Okay, <laughs> because of where I grew up, that's fairly normal. Tornado watch, all that, all that really means to me is don't leave the house if you don't have to, if you don't have anything else planned, um, just okay. in case. But I was getting up, I was going through my morning routine, I was brushing my teeth, literally brushing my teeth when this happened, and the Mm -hmm. alarm went off. And in this building, there's two kinds of alarms. There's the fire alarm, which sounds specific, and then there's the other kind of alarm, which is used for anything except fire, 
right? Okay. It's called the Mass Notification System. Um, and it it I heard um the voice saying tornado warning, seek shelter immediately, and then this really eerie sounding grating just siren, right? Mm-hmm. Going through the alarms, and so like it does that siren lasts for a few seconds, and then like those two beeps, and then the voice message repeats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like that's just eerie because yeah. I had actually never it heard that is. before. I knew that that system existed, but I had never heard it used. Um, that's uh, definitely unsettling to, yeah, to put it mildly. Well, like, yeah, and to be fair, it did it did its job, right? Mm-hmm. Because I heard that, I stopped brushing my teeth, right? And I pulled up carrot weather and I saw tornado warning for my area. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually a severe thunderstorm warning that was issued at the same time. Um, And luckily, yeah, luckily, Mm -hmm. um, and this is the thing, severe thunderstorm warning to me also doesn't mean anything. It like, if I'm indoors... I'm fine, right? I'm not going to shelter because of a severe thunderstorm warning. I'm going to shelter because of a tornado warning. Um, mm-hmm. But that the alarm went off. A bunch of people went downstairs to the designated storm shelter area, which is really just all that is, is a it's little a basement. Conf- it's a conference room. It's not even on the basement. It's on okay. the ground floor. Um, okay, but it's, I would presume it is in the center of the building, like away from the windows. So it's weird. It's not. It's, it's a... Um, I'm sure it follows some national code for being a tornado shelter. What it is, mm-hmm. is it, it's an interior building with kind of thick walls, and it's got big windows. So if you're using it normally as a just a conference area, then you have windows and you have all that stuff. Um, but when the tornado warning went off, I went down and the facilities people came down, and there's actually big metal like garage doors that they can pull ah, down okay. in front of those windows. Fair, that that's that's basically same purpose, like achieves the yeah. same purpose. So the glass is not exposed to the wind pressure. Because yeah. that's what I was worried about. Because I came down and I was down there for a couple minutes before the facilities people came down mm-hmm. and closed those, closed those those blast doors. Basically, mm-hmm. um, that's good. And uh, yeah, so tornado warning in the building. I'm the system worked right, but that alarm was so just dystopian. Um, yeah, there, there are these like there are these like this specific there are like I'm pretty sure that that wasn't what you used because it was like sounds like electronic siren, but um, in Almaty where I grew up, the, and there are these large sirens and they work I think like they all work we're using the same physical like, mechanism so they all sound quite similar. You could hear you hear you can hear a very similar sound if you watch any war documentaries and there is like air attack warning. So for example, people in Ukraine right now hear it pretty often. Unfortunately. And but for me that sound is like earthquake warning. Yeah. And that's what I grew up with. And guess what? Guess uh like here in, in Budapest where I live from what I've been able to find out and like, you know, what my neighbors told me is that we live like not that far away from some chemical factory, like pharmaceutical. It's a small one, but still it's there. It's within the bounds of the city, which is perfectly fine. But according to the emergency management rules, like crisis things, they have to test their alarm like quarterly. 
Yeah. I, or like first Monday of every month. So it like happens every, it always happens on Monday at midday. And it didn't, it, st- it started happening like a few years ago, actually. So it wasn't from the very beginning that I, when I moved here. And imagine like when it happened for the first time. I knew nothing about it. I did. I wasn't like there wasn't any warning and so on. And I hear that alarm, and I'm like, insert all the exp- expletives here, because I was like, to for my first association, earthquakes. And I'm like, wait a second, there are no earthquakes in Budapest. What is going on? And so I like was freaking out until, like, and like because like for like a half a minute, because then the siren start stopped, and then the voice started talking, and I was like, thankfully, I mean, it, it is just in Hungarian, but thankfully I was able to understand it. It was like, okay, this is like a regular siren testing. Everything's fine. The uh, the testing is over. That's it. And but that yeah. half a minute, I was freaking out. And now I'm kind of like used to it because See, it's okay, Monday, midday, it happens. But yeah, I absolutely understand what you mean by saying dystopian. You're, you're talking about like outdoor, big, whirling alarms that you can hear. Yes, the for ones miles, that rotate. Right? Yes. We have those. We have those. We actually have two of them on mm-hmm. campus. And we call them mm-hmm. the tornado sirens. And they probably were going off during this. I didn't hear it because I was indoors. And like they're mm-hmm. probably drowned out by the sound of the indoor alarm. But I would imagine they were going off. Those get tested every other Wednesday at exactly 10 a.m. And everyone knows that. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. people forget, and it'll be a completely clear day, and they'll test uh-huh. the alarms. Those, yeah. those f***ers are loud. Um, they are. Make a, yeah. make a note to be bleep yourself out. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Um, yeah, those, th- they, those devices, however they're called, and like... They're incredibly loud, and they all have incredibly recognizable sound. And yeah, yeah. Um, I th- and I think everyone is just like has like trained into being freaked out by them. Yeah, or maybe well, they're designed that way so that it hits something in our brains and we freak. You know, we react this way because yeah. it's 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 and it, like okay. you know, as you said, it works. This is the same thing. It's like tornado or fire alarms. Right, we had a fire drill yesterday, last night, mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. this building, and those that the fire alarm and the everything else alarm, which is what I'm calling it now, mm-hmm. um, sound very different. But the fire alarm on yeah. its own is is because the fire suppression system in this building is separate from the mass notification system because technical mm-hmm. reasons, because I guess fire code. Um, but that that's very it's grating and it's loud. Right, that, it's loud and, enough and that you could you be. you could be wearing AirPods Max with noise cancellation on and still be hearing it, and that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though my procedure for when the fire alarm goes off is first thing, put in your AirPods, turn on noise cancellation. Um, yeah, to, that's ear protection because okay, I've heard it, and now I need to pr- proceed yep. and then tolerate it. Yeah, yeah, fire alarm. Um, that, that's that's the main that's the key criteria for it. It needs to be loud and it needs to like you know the sirens need to be placed in such a way that they cover all the entire building and there are oh, not, yeah. like like deaf spots in the um, dorm every single individual room in the dorm has a fire alarm right has it doesn't flash it doesn't do the light thing but it, it makes the sound in every okay, individual so room. you have a mini siren okay but right well, so i have a siren above flash, my but... bed right which mm-hmm. is a little weird but it's it's a pity that it doesn't flash because like what if you have like uh, the deaf students? Well, I mean, 
yeah. That's one of those considerations. It's like, I think, I mean, there probably is a way to consider that. Yeah, that people just don't think about because people never think about disability, right? Accommodation. Well, it's not never. But, I, th- I, I wouldn't, like, you know, okay, let's give your administration facility management the benefit of doubt. Maybe they're not installing the visual sirens by default, but they can install them if they have a student who needs this accommodation and it is like on demand yeah. basis. So that would make sense. Let, 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 let's be optimistic, you know, because also I'm pretty, I would imagine that is <coughs> regulated. And from what I've heard is that the Disabilities Act in America is a pretty well written one. Anyways, uh, so tornado. Everyone was fine. No injuries. No casualties on yep. on campus. Every, everything ended up being fine. I, as far as I heard, there was there was no um, damage. I I didn't hear of any landfall. Actually, any any like actual tornado mm-hmm. tornado landfall. Um, at least in mm-hmm. the area that I was under the warning for, I did hear of um, a town about thirty minutes west of here that had a tornado warning before us. That did get a little bit of damage and like an actual spotted tornado. Um, when you when you look at the details for the alert, which is um, issued by the National Weather Service, it tells you exactly how they came to the conclusion to issue a tornado warning. And mm-hmm. the two most common ways is either spotter, um, spotter confirmed or radar confirmed. Right? Spotter confirmed means that there is literally some some crazy person with a radio and a truck on the ground looking for these things telling the national weather service that they saw something right and then radar confirmed is just like some smart people looked at a map and i don't know um so there was no damage that i could hear here there was in indicator which is 30 minutes west but um this, this is another thing that i just thought of you're talking about those those sirens freaking you out in the u.s we have this thing for radio and television called the emergency alert system um uh-huh and it you know it's it's got a very distinctive sound when it goes off because it's that it's that um as a kid those did freak me out in the exact same way that you were saying earlier um because i mean just the i i was basically everyone in the u.s is kind of trained at an early age to freak out when they hear the sound of the EAS alert um because it's just no we were um and and the thing that my brain goes when when I was a kid so we were uh, vacationing in Colorado once mm-hmm. and we had the radio on while we were driving around mm-hmm. some like for vacation and the EAS thing goes off and it's just they're just testing it right but uh, you I Maybe they don't announce when it's just a test or whatever. Um, I can't remember exactly, but I know like it went off and it was like it was on the radio and my brain immediately went to, oh, nuclear attack. And that that's not to be fair. The time that I was growing up, that was not a rational decision. Right. I did not grow up in the time that nuclear attack was likely. Um, yeah, fortunately, we, both you and both you and I are like a little bit like you know post Cold War more yeah. or less. Yeah. Well, you more than me, but that's where your brain went. That's where yeah, that's where my brain went because no weather <sighs> in the sky, 
nothing else. And it's just like, oh, we're being attacked. And it's just like... Um, was it Earthquake? No, it was just a test, right? It, they were just okay. testing the system. And they do it over yeah. the radio. Like, and so... I mean, yeah. like, Colorado... Um, is it, isn't, is it where you have mountains? Yes. So we were actually... Um, NORAD, um, which is North American something defense system, um, mm -hmm. which does something with that that, yeah, that sort of like, stuff. Yeah, because um, like if it's, but the reason I'm also mentioning mountains because like if there are mountains, then there is like a likelihood of the seismic activity, and then testing right. regularly the siren makes sense. Right. So in in the the city we were actually vacationing in, they have it's called the the Cheyenne Mountain National Complex, which is a giant facility and tunnel built into a mountain, which is built to survive earthquakes and nuclear attacks. Right? Yay! Like because it was built back during the Cold War, um, mm -hmm. if I if I remember correctly. But it's it's oh, meant to like you you go in the tunnel and you're 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 so far in it can. can we ca Skylar, one request. Can we check? Can we go away from nuclear? Because I am genuinely freaking out right now. Fair. Fair. The, long story short, emergency alert system is like everyone is sort of, at least for me, um, freaks me out. But this is what we're mm -hmm. talking about. Do we want to skip forward to um, your Kamari yes, project? Yes. <laughs> anything. Anything but this. Oof. Um, okay. So. You know what I did today? Hmm. I have uh, started a, the big, 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 big decluttering project using the KonMari method. And for those who are not aware, KonMari, that is the Marie Kondo's uh, nickname. Marie Kondo is a Japanese um, famous, like incredibly famous, worldwide famous um, decluttering professional. That's her, uh, before she wrote the book, that was her actual business, successful one. She basically comes to, you know, to their clients' homes and helps them to put their everything, their, like, all their material stuff in order. And based on that, then she wrote a book and then it got, became an international bestseller. There was Netflix series and so on and so forth. So I would imagine that by now it is kind of household term, KonMari. And uh, I finally uh, decided that I want to do the full decluttering using her method. So I put together a plan. I'm using, I'm following her methodology with one important caveat. And I will do it over the series of uh, weekends. And so I started today. Mm, well, I will start tomorrow, but today I prepared. So I um, took all my clothes, all of them, and put them into one giant pile uh, in my living room on the, on the sofa. And uh, tomorrow I will sort through them and uh, decide which which ones I'm keeping and which ones I'm discarding. And then they whatever I'm discarding, then I will like check what is can be donated and what can't. And then I will go through in order. Wait a second, I do have a plan here. Then I go. We'll go through all the papers. Then all the miscellaneous items such as like house tools, kitchenware. Um, arts and crafts, and then the last category is the sentimental objects. 
Those who have read the book would notice already immediately the important caveat. And right after close, the second category that Marie Kondo advises to declutter is books. And, well, the criteria for keeping or discarding is, like, does it spark joy? And she gives an example in her book that, like, in her, in her writing that, well, I mean, if you've bought a book and you, like, you know, it's just like, you, you know, you're never going to read it. And it just like, you know, you only carry guilt feeling about it. Like, oh, I wanted to read it and didn't. Then, like, chances that you're going to read it are minuscule. Give it away. Somebody else would, you know, enjoy it. It will bring more use to someone else. And, and like, generally, like, you know, books that you're not going to reread and so on and so forth. And for me, that is just basically pointless because every single book that I have as a paper, as an object, will definitely spark joy in me because, well, I, that's how it is. And so, yeah, I'm just keeping entirely book sorting because it would not serve any purpose. I would end up just keeping all the books and that's it. And of course, um, that is actually one of the biggest misunderstandings that I have encountered in like mass media coverage of her method. Uh, that people like were freaking out. Oh my God, she's anti-books. Like, oh my God, she's keeping, like she's telling you to throw out your books. And, and I was like, no. That's not what uh, Kondo-san is saying. What she is saying, what she's advising is like, you know, just be mindful of what you're keeping. And also she makes a very big asterisk of like, whatever your hobby is, if it's like brings you joy, if it's your passion, then of course keep everything that you that surrounds your hobby because that's what you do for fun. And... If it's books, it's books. But her advice if, is kind of like... And if it's keyboards, yeah. It's keyboards, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and if you have like 12, like if you have a dozen of keyboards, but every single of them sparks joy in you and you're like, look at it, you look at it and like, you know, feel like, you know, you're smiling. Uh, yeah, keep all 12 of them. Like, because that's what I like about her method. There are no like these prescriptive hard rules. Like, there is none of this, like, oh, keep only 33 items of your clothing or, like, keep only, like, you know, throw away everything that you didn't touch for a year, stuff like that. No, it's all very, like, she, she gives you a method and then you customize it, you tailor it to your lifestyle. And this is why it is such a bestseller. And I'm kind of, like, or not kind of, but I am very optimistic about the outcome of this project because mm, right after I read her book for the first time, which was pretty long time ago, I don't remember, like a few years ago, I did sort partially, like I sorted my clothing using her method. And it actually, like, it's like, it stuck. It stuck for those categories where I did these decluttering and then folding everything up properly when I like actually invested my time and attention. That's where it worked and it's like, you know, um it it, it kind of like it has the sticking power, so to say. Like it's not one of those things that you do it once and then three months later uh you you know, devolved into chaos once again. So this is why I am, you know, having high expectations. And that's another, like, claim of hers that I 
find easy to believe. She's been saying that she doesn't have return clients. And right. that's basically like, you know, her biggest um, claim, uh, like not a claim, but like big, biggest advertisement is like, if I've, if I've helped you once and that, then you're good, you can keep it up and you don't need me anymore. And uh, I think that's how her popularity actually spread in Japan, like by word of mouth mostly, but, uh, is that people were just singing praises. <laughs> On, on all four corners and so that's what i began today and well i'm not going to share them in the you know like with with the without with our audience um because it's a bit too personal but that pile of clothing is jake is like way larger than expected and like i was like okay in my defense this is all my clothing including outerwear for all four seasons but still that's a lot of clothing and um but the sorting i expect to be easy because well <laughs> in addition to well, does it spark joy or not there will be one very unavoidable criteria does, does it, it still fit me or not yeah <laughs> yeah i <laughs> because th- like i yeah i i, I mean over the last uh, few years starting with <clears throat> 2020 <clears throat> me like quite a lot <laughs> of people I gained weight. I wonder why. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a bit, like, you know, not kind of a god, I need to get rid of this word. I am being realistic about what I am capable of doing. And, I, and also philosophical. Yes, I gained weight. Chances of me losing it again are close to zero. So instead of just like starving myself, I'm going to throw, like, you know, get rid of the clothing that no longer fit me. That's it. That's my, that's my approach. Because I'm still, I think, like, within reasonable boundaries. Like, my, bed, bl- my blood pressure is still fine. That's basically, like, you know, looking at those criteria. And I did yeah. the blood test. The cholesterol levels are also fine. Uh, so, yeah. That's another thing. And I'm a little bit peeved about it. Because I have a, oh, I have a set, like, one week's worth. So, no, two weeks worth. So I have 10 gorgeous, absolutely amazing shirts from Brooks Brothers. They are just so good. And guess what? They no longer fit me. (laughs) That's one thing that I'm actually upset about. But again, like it's, it's healthier for myself to go and buy new shirts that actually fit me. So, yeah, that would is, be an interesting process. This is something I went through last summer. Was I, I was back at home over the summer, and so I went through the entirety mm-hmm. of my closet and threw out a ton of clothes. Some mm-hmm. of which I just, mo- some of which I just didn't like. Most of which just didn't fit, right? Mm-hmm. And as sad as it was to throw away some of my some of like my favorite graphic tees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with you know words or patterns on them or whatever, and like um. It was better for my mental health to wear stuff that fit, right? Um, because obviously, um, than it was to try to hold on to something and like, and, and I think this is also part of my yearly theme. It's like, um, be honest with yourself, right? I, I'm in the same camp as you. It's like my blood pressure and cholesterol, like all these actually important health factors are fine, and so like, and 
to like push back against the idea that like everyone needs to be skinny. Yes, that's bullshit. Exactly. That's BS. That's just the, the other things. BS. Yes, the other things that come with that, like blood pressure, cholesterol. Though there are important health factors that need to be thought mm-hmm. of, but yeah, and then weight like, on know, its, its own like, is not. You can you can be fit and still be chubby. Like if you're like you know okay you can like I know someone personally who goes up to the like seventh floor stairs and is not out of breath but they're chubby, and I'm like, they're fit. They're like someone who can run a freaking marathon. I just and and uh, that is what it is and like that like knowing that person actually helps me because like I mean I have to admit I'm not in shape. I do get out of breath. I live on the third floor. Whenever they, I don't use, I choose not to use a lift, uh, the the lift, which is rarely. Oh my word! I hate the fact that I live on the third floor. <laughs> yeah. And one time there was that like I mean I was returning from grocery from from a grocery run and the lift didn't work, and I had two Ooh. big bags full of stuff and I had to go up. Oh my word! I was like, you know what? I yeah. just like and 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 every time I do that, I like you know I I'm reminded that yes, I need to, you know, be fit, in case of like you know and the one joking thing and I like I keep thinking you know I keep told, like joking with myself like internally because I like, I mean I want I am one of those people who has internal monologue uh, dialogue going on. Uh, I was like, if zombie apocalypses happen, I'm toast. Like. I won't be able to run away for zomb- from zombies, even if they're the slow kind of zombies. I would be like, I will get eaten. Or just something would terrible would happen I mean, to me within the first week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and honestly, and I think, yes, my approach to the apocalypse is more gruesome than, than <laughs> it should be. But I do have a plan if the apocalypse happens, but Oh my god, but I if it's gruesome, it. please don't... Yes, don't say it, don't say it. Uh, actually, like, talking about zombie, I think there is even, <laughs> like, I'm not the only one thinking about that, because, like, there is even an application, a pretty successful one, that is a running application that I, like, I haven't... I, I, I've, I've, I've know it because I've listened to an interview with the creator of that app, but if I'm remembering the details correctly, I think it's called, like, Zombies Run. Or like zombie run and it creates the audio of illusion for you like i mean not like audio narrative as if zombies are chasing you and you're supposed to run but also it also follows the recommendations of like when to run and when to give yourself a break because like like all those like couch to 5k applications do or like you know the guidelines from an hs yeah. and apparently well it worked for some people like pretending that zombies are chasing them and it gives them motivation and i'm like well, if I didn't absolutely despise running, probably I would try this thing. But instead, I'm trying one type of exercise that seems to be successful with me, around me, among me, is rowing. So I'm trying to do that consistently. The consistency is the key. Yeah. No, I was talking it, so, when the when the uh, tornado alarm happened. Uh-huh. Um, I actually no, fire alarm went off. Uh, tornado the um the 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 elevator still worked right because Mm -hmm. 
um, it's a different system. But when the fire goes yeah, off, but when the, when the, the when elevators when the fire go out of yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to, yes, you're not supposed to use lifts. They're supposed to go all the way go to the ground floor and keep there and stay open. Yep, yes. that's what they're yeah. supposed. Unless it's a firefighter lift, but then it's you still well, need special key to launch it. Yeah, um, one of the one of the elevators is marked as an emergency evacuation elevator, but you still can't mm-hmm. use it. If the fire you can't use off. it. Yes, you have yeah. like f- to you to be able to use it. You have to special to have special key, and usually like the way it works, like firefighters have these keys, and I think these keys are universal. But then people who need to use this, like you know wheelchair users, for example, they get those keys as well, and then like you know that's exceptional basis. That is a situation when the risk of using the lift in case of fire is um is less than. Well, the inevitable risk of like being stuck on the floor and not being able to go down. Yeah. So yeah, because well, so th- this is the thing is like when the fire alarm goes off, everyone just uses the stairs and goes down. And someone mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. asks at one point, "What if you're wheelchair bound or can't use the stairs?" Right? Mm-hmm. Anything like that? Yep. And and the answer is, I think in, in older buildings, the answer is like go to one of the stairwells and wait for the firefighters to rescue you. Yes, because the stairwells are supposed, they, they do, like, you know, the reason why emergency stairwells, they have, they fire and heat and smoke resistant doors. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, dear listeners, I'm talking about this with such authority because that's one of the things that I'm actually um, qualified to speak <laughs> because that's part of my Fair. daily job. <laughs> but yeah, just wanted to disclaim that, like, you know, because I'm being very, like, assertive and like, yes, yes, yes. And like stating this confidently. Well, yeah, because... I've studied it. Fair. Um, uh. But but no, I fire alarm goes off, and even once the fire alarm stops and everyone's allowed to go back in because it was just a drill mm-hmm. last night, mm-hmm. it takes mm-hmm. a few minutes for the alarm to start working again, so mm-hmm. you have to take the stairs. And so so I walk mm-hmm. to one side of the building. to. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I don't use the main stairwell in the middle. I walk to one side because my room is closer to that, and I go up one flight. I'm only on the second floor, but still, mm-hmm. I use the elevator everywhere, wherever possible. And there's an elevator in, like, every campus building. Because there has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but oh, yeah. so when I have to use the stairs, I don't like it. Uh, but yes, so. I mostly don't like, I mean, like in my building, actually, yeah. Oh, by the way, when you say on the second floor, what does, what floor markings does oh. United States do? Oh, Like the, okay. the floor, the ground floor, is it zero or is it one? We haven't had this discussion on this podcast before, have we? No, I don't think so. Because we've had it in many discords before. And so... Oh, well, not with you specifically. But, I mean, like, I have it somewhere yeah. at the back of my mind that, uh, like, uh, US does it differently from Europe. But I don't remember exactly. So, when you say you're on the third floor, you walk into the ground floor, and the ground floor is zero. First floor yes, above it's that mar- is it's... one. Yes. Okay. And so, by and third like, floor, and... you have to go up three flights of stairs. To get to yes. your floor. Like, wait a second, like... Per? Yes, three flights, yes. So, in my case, ground floor is one. Uh-huh. I have okay, to go up one so flight you... of stairs to get to the second floor. Soviet Union was the same, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But it, now... Uh, I've heard this before. In the UK and Europe, grounds are, or floors are zero-indexed. Right? Yeah, well, they're not even zero-indexed. It just says G... Or yeah. F in case of Hungary, because like, well, Földsint, that's the ground floor. So yeah, it's like the, and then the floor right above the 
ground level is one. So uh, that and I've kind of, like I mean, I've been living here long enough, so now I'm used to this thing. So when I say on the third floor, it means like I yes, I need to go three flights. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. So so, so yeah, for you so that would be fourth floor. Yes. That I didn't even think about that, but yeah. So I'm on what you would consider to be the first floor, and honestly, I like this isn't the kind like these are the kinds of arguments where as soon as you try to put a value judgment on it, everyone gets angry. But mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make everyone angry and say I think the way that Europe does it is better. I think it makes more <laughs> sense for ground floor to be ground floor, mm-hmm. and for you can think of it as zero, even though it's not labeled zero. But you can think of it as if it's zero indexed. Mm-hmm. And say that the floor so above that is one. starting point. Yeah. I think that's better, but yeah. But well, yeah. I mean, I don't think you will make everyone angry. Just the our population on one specific side of Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Ben yeah. would agree <laughs> with this statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, um, what I was saying, going to say, Afra flows. Ah, listen, you know why I don't like to use the stairs. Because of the yep. doors. Because, like, in my building where I live, the stairs are, like, there is, there is only emergency stairs. So it means that there are, the, there are these massive metal doors with the auto-closing. And they, like, if you're not careful about them, they actually close with a bit of a bang. And there are always two of them. Because, well, to, like, to create this safe heaven... Uh, in between and like to provide the staged um, protection, but it and they're like pretty wide as well uh, because that's yeah. uh, they're, like as per the building code, like it's a residential building, which makes them all inconvenient for daily usage, especially if you're going up and down with a bag in your hands, or like grocery bags, for example, and stuff like that. So yeah, I use the lift all the time myself, especially if I'm like driving. Because then I'm going from minus one to third. That well makes it four flights, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Get out of here, especially especially in winter when you're also wearing a winter coat. So yeah, I. But in the office, actually, in the office, whenever I'm in the office, yeah, I do use the stairs because it's quicker. Yeah, because it's only again uh, we're like I mean my desk is on the um, first floor, which is one flight, nothing. It's 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 simply quicker because the lifts in the office are always busy. See, I'm just out of shape, so I always use the elevator whenever possible because I don't want to arrive to where I'm going and be breathing heavy. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I I went grocery shopping the other day and it was like I to get from where I park my truck to my room i i have a little crate and so i put as many groceries as i can in that crate and then i take Mm -hmm. it with me and and it's a little weird because in order to get into the building i have to scan my student card to unlock the door and get in Mm -hmm. um and then when you say crate what do you mean like um like a plastic box basically it's it's open top and it's got open top and it's like great like like has holes in it yeah it's got it has holes okay. in it it's got okay. handles so it's easy to it's an mm-hmm. easy way to get the groceries in and out and i had to take two trips because i spent a lot of money on groceries um 
but uh, okay so oh well right right yeah because like my default way to carry groceries when i do it because these days i'm like ordering online and like doing the delivery thing because i'm lazy myself but whenever i do groceries my default is tote bags because uh Fair. i walk to my grocery shop because guess what it is in the walking distance yeah <laughs> in my case it's only about like a it's only about like a five minute drive away but um mm-hmm. It's there is longer. no way you would you, yeah. you, there is no way you would walk there because probably there is no there is like there isn't any good pedestrian walkway. Actually no, it's probably a ten minute drive away. It's just it's too far to walk. Either way. Yeah. But, um, Especially if you're going to be returning l- like laden with groceries. Makes sense. Yeah. What doesn't um, make sense is driving a truck there, but well, I mean it's not like you have a choice of a vehicle. <laughs> it, yeah, it's my one vehicle. But um but yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um real quick before we end the show. Look at the picture yeah. I sent you earlier. I need uh, your I need your reaction on something. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at it. I'm seeing your microphone. I'm seeing uh, your keyboard. Uh, a drink. Did you? Did you have I have I shown you? Have I talked about this keyboard before? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> So this is a it's, so the the keyboard I'm typing on today is so this isn't the one I talked about last week, right? It's okay. using the same switches as the one I was talking about last week, but that's Okay, but the, this is like this is one of those like broken like split broken, oh, yeah. that's the term split split keyboards. Yes. That's it's, this it's like what I'm looking at is a split keyboard, so it is supposed to be ergonomic. Yeah, it's 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 an ergonomic design and it's what makes it ergonomic is it's split, so you're your arms aren't like together, so it's like a better typing position theoretically. It's, and it's also it's together, and also the angle thing. I think that's what matters. Yeah, and also, um, I mean, I don't do it perfectly. There's an ergonomic way of doing it, which is actually, I think you would put the boards a little bit closer together than what I have them, and you would actually angle them out. Yeah, um, I was going to say you were supposed to be angle them out so that your wrists are not twisted when you're using it. But mine's. I I just have it in the way that feels most comfortable to me at the time, even if it's not perfect. Because I luckily I don't actually deal with RSI that much, so like, why am I mm-hmm. using an ergonomic keyboard? I just think it looks cool. But um, well, it's preventative. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a better way of saying that. But but anyway, <laughs> no, it's it's split, and um, what also makes it ergonomic is it's not row staggered. So if you look at a normal keyboard, they're staggered. We yes, this, this one is week, ortho. Like, yes, we did. No, we did this one that. isn't ortho. This is column staggered. And it, yeah, because the different columns, you might not be able to see it great in that picture, but like if you look at the columns on the outsides, they're ah, staggered a little bit more. And so okay. what that does, if you put your fingers where they're supposed to go, the pinky column is a little bit farther down and that tracks with ah. the position of the way the pinky is. And so it's like, yeah, because the pinky's shorter, that makes it more ergonomic. Interesting. And, and also you have more than just one key for the thumb, right? So I have... Mm-hmm. I have a thumb key, an, an, a main thumb key on each side, right? One of them is space, and one mm-hmm. of them is backspace, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have modifier keys, right? So command, option, control, meta, hyper, Yeah, those, and like, CS, they're color-coded right? because I see something purple, I see something blue, but the, yeah, I can't make up the symbols there. Yeah. Okay, and you wanted my opinion on what? On the keyboard? No, I just wanted, I just wanted to mention this because, like, split keyboards <laughs> are weird. And also, I, I'm, I'm shoehorning in Keyboard Corner. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, perfectly understandable. <laughs> but, but no, I've been typing on this board for 
all of this week, basically. And I've gotten kind of fast mm-hmm. on it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I've tried the Microsoft ergonomic keyboard that is all kind of like it's not split, but it is like angled and has a gap in between, but you can't move them apart. And that keyboard drove me into a fit of violent rage. So fair. No, Fair. <laughs> like, there's. I mean, and thankfully, I don't have uh, the issues around my wrists, and uh, which I attribute to the fact that I do a variety of manual things. Um, but, anyways, glad that it works for you. It does look cool. Yes, I'll give yeah. you that. And and you're talking about like the Microsoft Ergo uh, Keychron, which is the company that I think is your keyboard. They mm-hmm. they're they're coming out, or I think they're already out with a. They have a yeah, V series they... of keyboards, which is um uh, cheaper, but they're custom, so they don't come pre-built, which is mm-hmm. what a lot of people like. And uh, V8 and V10, which actually is the ergo type, so it's basically it's different formats, but they split it in half and just like there's not that yeah, much of a I, space I've... between the two sides, I don't think, but they're angled in. So yeah, that's... I see, and that's what what is important. But um, yeah, I think I've seen the photos, like you know, I've seen like a Verge headline or something like that. But yeah, not interested. No, like no. No, Fair. no, thank that, you. That's that's on my list because I really want to get that. But um, mm. but anyway, um, also earlier when you were talking about the the Marie Kondo stuff, I was like, I had to mention keyboards because you said if you have a dozen keyboards, I know people mm-hmm. who have like thirty. And well, uh, yeah, definitely, yes. It's like, and, and and I had uh, to mention look- it just because I know they're listening to this show. Um, oh okay so hello dear keyboard uh enthusiasts yeah because like you know what when i'm going to get to the papers and i'm including all the stationary stuff in it i have like 50 plus pens and <laughs> yeah. guess what i'm going to keep all the 50 plus pens the, the only benefit yeah. oh yes the only benefit of, a, of of the pen hobby over the keyboard hobby is that the pen cob- the pen pens pens and ink take uh, less space but that's it. The, the spirit of it is still yeah. the same. You're tinkering with something that you enjoy. And the tinkering is endless. 